Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. Please always look in the description box to find out everything you need to know about the ministry. It's an audio ministry, it's a video ministry. At this time, I'm foregoing announcements because I am continuing in the line of prophecy that the Lord has started leading me. So prior to this, I was looking at Russia and China and I was looking at um, other things in the supernatural, but the Lord has taken a distinct and a sharp turn because there are things that the Heavenly Father wants to talk about. There are things that have to be proclaimed throughout the line of the earth that all living may know certain things that are on the Lord's heart. And so I am bringing them out as the Father has been giving me. Today, I am looking at notes that are connected to the prophecy that you may have already watched by now. If you have not watched that prophecy, actually there are two of them that you may need to look at. The first one is called Yehudim Will Fall. Yehudim Will Fall. And that prophecy is dated January 1st to January 4th. And then there is a second one that is called the Psalm 83 War and Exodus. And that prophecy is dated January the 7th. And now today, notes on the January 7th prophecy is, the title of this message is, Israel is a nation. Israel is a nation. And this is a series of what I would just call prophetic truths, prophetic utterances from the Lord Jesus Christ. It is quite normal for the Lord to download a massive amount of text. If you are someone who has been reading the Master's Voice Prophecy blog over the months, years, weeks, or maybe just a day or two, you will see that the Lord downloads a huge volume of information. He will dictate to me, he will tell me things, and I simply will write it, or he will give me a vision and explain to me what it is, or he will show me a dream, and then when I wake up, it could be one dream, a series of dreams, the Lord will explain. But very many times, you might have noticed videos on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog where I'm simply reading from my notebook, and I'm reading out little snippets that the Lord has given me and then explaining to the audience or the listeners, God's people and anyone else who finds these videos, I'm explaining what the Lord is saying. So the title of this message is Israel is a nation, January the 10th, 2023. And I'm going to give you what he says and also the scriptures to go with it and explain it to the best of my ability. The first statement was this. Israel is a nation and a people. They are made from all the colors of the shores. That was all the Lord said. Israel is a nation and a people. They are made from all the colors of the shores. And so in the previous video, I was explaining that in the old days, their concept of nation is very different from ours. Now we can have a nation and inside the nation, we have many different people groups inside and um, I think the Basque, the Basque in Europe are like that. They don't have borders to themselves. They are inside another nation, but those people consider themselves a nation. And so because of wars and because of um, conquering and the carving up of territory that you might even find in places where lots of wars went on, like in Europe and also in Africa, people, different nations, Different groups of people live within a nation, but inside those nations, you can find an entire group of people who will constantly keep declaring, we are not a part of this country. 
We are actually a people to ourselves. We have our customs, our ways. We were this before this nation, that is country, was founded. We were a nation, a people, before this nation, country, was founded. And so God is here making it very clear that the people who are his people, Israel from the Bible, biblical Israel, who have come down and their descendants are living, as the Lord says, in the four points of the compass today. That Israel, no matter where they are living, north, south, east, west, scattered are one nation. So they do not exist in any one pocket and then say, it's us. God, who owns Israel and is their father, says that they are a nation scattered, a nation dispersed to the four points of the compass, but they are in his eyes, one nation. So at a certain point, historically, um, the nation Israel was split into two. It became the kingdom of Israel that is sometimes referred to as Ephraim, and that is 10 tribes. And then the remaining two, this is Judah and little brother Benjamin, form the kingdom of Judah. And so they went their separate ways because of the operations of God's judgment on them. The judgment came upon King Solomon for his unfaithfulness. And the smaller, the 10 tribes were ripped away from his son. However, God says that Israel and Judah, wherever they are dispersed in the four points of the compass, they form one nation, meaning that they will be gathered into one group. This is one geographical location to form nation as we know it now in modern times. Please excuse my journal. And then he also says they are a people. This means that they are one, not so much ethnic group, but seen by him as one nation as you would describe in the old days. So he's going to make them a nation geographically and a nation as a people group. And he says they are a nation, they are people, and they are made from all the colors of the shores. Now, concerning this, the Lord taught me these things, I would say seven years ago, it was in uh, 2016, that the Lord began to open these things to me and just tell me, read this and read that. And as I always do, I would write everything down in my journal. So here I'm going to share with you um, a particular vision that goes along with this statement of the Lord. They are made from all the colors of the shores. The first time the Lord said this to me, I was puzzled and I was thinking, well, um, why does he need to say that they're made from all the colors and what does he mean by the shores? And in response, what the Lord showed me was just various short blips, blips of beaches around the world to give understanding to the statement. And I began to see beaches that are sandy colored. So, you know, various shades of tan and light brown. And I began to see beaches that are pristine white, albino white. And I began to see beaches that are jet, jet black, where the sand has been formed by volcanic action. And the sand is tiny crushed up pieces that are onyx or obsidian, that have now degraded into little particles that we can now call sand. So God was showing me even beaches that have a russet or a red color. And he was showing me that all the colors of the shores are his nation and his people. So they basically run the gamut um, 
in terms of how they would appear. And then the next thing the Lord said is, the Lord will gather his people, the real gathering, and his people will go home. And the chapter that he gave is Isaiah 11. So there is a separate video made with the readings of the chapter. And in the separate video, there are four sections. I think it is Revelation chapter 2 and 9, Revelation chapter 3 and 9, the whole of the chapter of Isaiah 11 that I will go back to here in this video, this time using my King James Bible. And that is because of one word that is in Revelation chapter, not Revelation 11, sorry, Isaiah chapter 11. So it's Revelation 2 and 9, Revelation 3 and 9, Isaiah 11, and Psalm 83, right? There is a separate video with those four scriptures. And so God says he will gather his people, the real gathering, and his people will go home. And the chapter for that is Isaiah 11. Um, and let's just go to it briefly, briefly for a moment here. And so a person might be wondering, what does the Lord mean, the real gathering? Why would the Lord say that he's going to do a gathering? Doesn't Israel already exist? Excuse me, please. And aren't there already people there? What does he mean his people will go home? Well, on the 14th of May, 1948, America working in concert with um, a man, I think his name is David Ben-Gurion, uh, along with other special interests labored and funded a project whereby they collected um, Jews um, out of different parts of the world, Europe and various parts, and they created for them a homeland in Israel. So independence was declared on May the 14th, 1948, and the United States of America was the very first country to stand up and say, we now recognize this newly independent state of the nation of Israel. However, God is saying that that gathering was just America's business and the Yehudim's business, but it definitely was not his business. The Lord is saying that now the real gathering of his people is about to take place and his people will go to their home. So you are alive now in January, 2024. And a lot of things have been taught from multiple pulpits. And the first pulpit that we're going to look at is the pulpit of the United States. The U.S. pulpit is the place where everything that everybody believes is taught from because of media, because of a very aggressive form of marketing, because of the glitz and the glamour that goes along with American Christianity. A lot of things have been taught. A pre-tribulation rapture is one of them, and no suffering from the church, for the church is one of them. And Jesus is such a gentleman that he will never beat up his bride, even though Churches everywhere else in the world are persecuted for their faith, even though martyrs have been dying throughout history and they continue to be bombed now in Nigeria and put to death now in any country where a Muslim person tries to follow Jesus. Jesus is beating up the bride everywhere else. But in America, Jesus seems to have made a promise through the American pulpit that there would be no chastening. And that is why the church in America is wild, because the church in America is not disciplined. Those of you who have children, if you do not discipline your children, your children become wild, because wildness is the natural offshoot of a lack of proper discipline. 
And so the pulpits in America have put forward many beliefs that God's chosen are over there in the Middle East. And there's a part of the prophecy where when I read you what the Lord said, you might feel quite bitter if you have done this, but you will just have to forgive yourself and pray to God to increase your discernment for the future. And so God says that America's gathering along with Mr. Ben-Gurion's gathering and something called the Jewish Agency, you can look up all these things on Google, really. That part of the history is freely uh, available what President Harry Truman helped to organize and sign off on, but he says that it has nothing to do with him. So the times that you are living in now where we have come to the end of what American pulpits preach. In fact, just as a a kind and helping hand to you as you are trying to make your way through Psalm 83 and realize what it says, I advise you to look in concordances and not to watch a single video that is on the internet that has an American pastor speaking in it because they're just going to give you their beliefs of how everyone else is the boogeyman going against the Yehudim in Israel. Kindly don't spend your time there because you will not get any answers from there. You're better off simply looking in a concordance and looking up some of the words in Strong's and looking at some of the old commentaries from the men who used to study before lights and pulpit smoke became a thing. And then as you pray, the Holy Spirit will expand your understanding and help you to come to an understanding. And then if you wish to add these prophetic words at the end of your proper Bible study, you may, but kindly do not go to YouTube and look at videos that say Psalm 83, because they will just lead you off into the bushes. So the gathering of 1948 was not an honest gathering. It was propagated by the greed of men. America wanted to have a foothold in the region where oil was. Please remember at that time that America was still basking in the glory of a very successful campaign in the Second World War. All the enemies had been beaten. If they had not been beaten, then they had been bombed and baked to lime and ash. And therefore, she was looking to cement her place in a region where previously she had not been really able to mash her toes. And so setting up a state or at least lending a helping hand and giving money and being quick to co-sign on this new state that enraged the people who were living there previously was something that was quickly brought to fruition. And then people began to go there and then uh, people living at that time began to hail Jesus Christ. And they began to say, well, look at what the Lord has done. The Lord has gathered his people and the Lord has resettled his land. And the Bible is fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 11. And just like David carrying the ark to his house improperly, it was a great party until Jesus showed up and killed Uzziah. And then all of a sudden, the wrong way of doing things was exposed. The Lord told me as I was making preparations to make this video, he told me, open your mouth wide, open your mouth wide and speak. This is a topic that people have been researching for half their lives. Some of them all their lives. Some of them are really old now, like Anna and Simeon. And they've been reading their Bible in a new light. Older people have a lot of time to read the Bible if they're not uh, tending to their flowers or praying for their grandchildren. If they're spiritually minded, they tend to come back to their Bible and really hunt. And this is a blessing that younger people completely lack. But 
there are a lot of older people who have been reading their Bible uh, from, from the whole world, really. And they are starting to wonder about certain things that they read in there. And they've, they've had questing hearts. So God will be telling me, um, this is an issue that many people quest after. This is an issue that many people have been digging in. And God is desirous that before he pulls the curtain down on the whole show, that the truth be known. So if you are new to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog and you come here with an expectation that we are life as usual, you know, they locked us up like jailbirds during COVID, but now we behaved better. So they let us out and you think that you were back to normal. You are about to enter into a time period in which if you are not a friend of Jesus, I really can't say much for how you are going to navigate the future. The Bible is in full swing, people. I mean, I've been here and God is sending me out to bring his word. And yet at the same time, he is kicking out every strut, every support structure from under everything. If you, if you think that the people in the world are exposing, then you have no idea the kind of exposure that God is going to bring to this earth. So a real gathering is going to take place and we can look in, we're just going to look at We're going to read the whole chapter again. Isaiah chapter 11 from the King James Bible. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And it shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The lion also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again. It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again a second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up the ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah 
from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. And Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea, and with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in the seven streams, and make men go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. And so we see here that God is talking about many things. And the thing that the Lord has put in my mouth to mention is that there shall be a gathering, a second gathering. When was the first gathering? When God brought his people back from all the places that they had been taken captive, when the Babylonians came and kicked them for salt because they were disobedient and because they never listened to Isaiah when he was telling them that they were going to be captured. Isaiah lived about 100 years before Jeremiah. They did not prophesy at the same time. So Isaiah was the one that God sent to tell Israel in very clear language of all the things that they were doing that really got on his nerves. And of course, in true fashion, they did not listen. And so when some time had passed since the original prophecy, Jeremiah popped up. Jeremiah popped up closer to the time. And when I say closer to the time, please observe the mercy of God. Jeremiah talked to those stubborn people for 40 years. So for 40 years after Isaiah was gone, Jeremiah was brought again to prophesy to them that they would be taken captive because they were stubborn, disobedient, and very, very wicked. And then one day the Babylonians finally breached the wall, got in there, took them all captive, took their clothes off, marched them off in the scalding hot sun to Babylon. Whoever made it, made it. We know that Daniel and the others made it. And then they were in captivity where they proceeded to serve a 70-year sentence. Now, this is the Master's Voice Prophecy blog that you are listening to, especially if you're listening to audio. You are very welcome. And this is the blog where God has said to the United States of America, that when he takes your rebels on those ships to go and serve time in Russia and China, you will not get the mercy of ancient Israel. Ancient Israel served a sentence that most people don't apply their minds to. You hear that people were taken out of their lands, marched all the way over there. So there's shame. There's all your enemies watching every single part of your naked body because you were stubborn everybody's laughing and many people are satisfied because as you were in that region, God was always blessing them. God was always with them. And as a result, they were winning battles and killing people and taking land and just being the best and people hated them. So when they fell, the mockery would not have been small, but off they went. But God is merciful. Those who say that these prophecies are hate, you say this because your Bible is full of dust. You never read it. You don't know the character of this person. You want to defend him and start a ruckus, but you don't know him. 
You think that he's reckless love because that's what the defiled pulpits of America have told you, that God is mercy and kindness and love and gentleness and God is justice and he hates sin. He hates abortionists who dance in the street about it. He hates wicked people at the top that just sell the nation for dust. He hates people at the bottom who are proud and unkind and cruel and sexually immoral and idolaters and run after men and cover pedophiles in the public in the pulpit and do a ton of things. He hates that. After God judges, for he must judge if his good name is to remain unsoiled among the rebels. Who are the rebels? Satan, the fallen, all the wicked. Do you think that God does not know that he is in the audience of these unclean beings? Do you think that God would allow Satan and friends to bring a reproach? Do you think that God would tolerate Satan to say, so I sinned and you judged me with swiftness and down I fell, cast out forever, but they can sin for centuries on end and you do nothing. Do you think that God would allow the mouth of Lucifer to reproach his good name by refusing to judge human sin? I say to you, never know, and it shall not happen. The time to settle all accounts with sinners and the wicked is here. And you may be living in the modern era, but you are watching history in the making and you are not a spectator. Every word that comes out of your mouth, you will justify it when you die. If you have not repented of it, if it was bad, you will explain why you said it. And every choice that you make will be put into the fire and it will either come out wood, hay, and straw, or it will come out silver and gold and bronze. You are making eternal choices with every single keystroke that you are making. Every single choice Every step that you are taking in your life, God is waiting for us to make our decisions. And then he is going to judge. And so Israel was judged. But because God is soft in, in, in the core, he's very soft on the inside, a wonderful person. He judged them and he gave them a caveat. And he told them that after 70 years were accomplished at Babylon, they were going to come home. He kept his promise. Daniel remembered the promise. Daniel went to intercede and pray. And once the sentence had been served, God took his hand and he gathered his people and he brought them back home. And he's now saying in the modern era, 2024, that he's going to use that hand and bring his people back home again. And I will now share with you the third thing that he said, Israel is a hill of beans. It may seem very strange. In our modern times, the phrase hill of beans literally means Nothing. When someone says, all my hard work amounted to a hill of beans, beans are not money. So when something, someone says that labor or effort or hard work is nothing but a hill of beans, it's very derogatory because they're saying sweat went in, time went in, effort went in, pain went in, but it's just amounting to nothing. And this is a pained statement. So what God is saying is at the present time, his people, true Israel, they appear to be nothing. 
They look like nothing in the earth. If you see them, you'll just think, yes or what? But at the same time, I will share with you the vision of the hill of beans, and it relates directly to Isaiah 11. And the verse that it relates to is Isaiah 11, 11. And it goes like this. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again a second time to recover the remnant of his people. And I will stop right there because that's literally what I call this vision, to set his hand again a second time. And so you may know that a bean, let's go with a little red kidney bean. When these beans are raw, when any type of bean is raw, it's extremely slippery. Beans are hard to get your hands on because they they need to be contained. You have to have them in a basket or a bowl or something because if you just take a hill of beans, a mound of beans, and put them there, they will go sprinting everywhere because they are hard-backed. They're very hard-backed. And when you put them on a surface, they tend to immediately spread out. So I hope you're understanding why God used the analogy of beans for his people, because they are spread out all over the world. Some of them by their own excursions, by their own travels, and some of them forcibly taken to other lands in slavery. So they spread out like this, and beans are hard to gather. You, you, you gather beans here, and then you're trying to get the other beans, and they're going to slip under. You're just going to hear that tra, tra sound as they scatter away from each other. So God says Israel is a hand of beans. But then the way the Lord shows it is just the way a father would show love to a child that is tired or disappointed, or a child who went and played sports and came second or came last or was heavily defeated. I see the hand of the Lord like this like a curving, loving father's arm. And when, when I see that hand, what happens is as the hand comes, it's almost as if there's a force coming off the hand that begins to cause the beans to gather together by themselves. So just as he's about to put his hand, the way you would hug your child and say, come here, or don't be disappointed, don't be heavy hearted. The same way that as the hand of the Lord, the arm of the Lord is coming, the beans begin to respond to this fatherly outstretched arm. And I see them coming in like this. And then he curves himself around them and all the beans come together and are at rest. So they're not in any bowl, they're not in any basket, but by the arm of the Lord gathering, they're held perfectly in place. And that is the vision of the beans. And the next thing the Lord says is the ensign. The ensign shall be lifted up. The nations shall rally to them, both Gentile and real Israel. So please understand that there are people in this earth who aren't going to rally to anything. In fact, if you simply read the book of Revelation, you will know that even when Jesus himself comes back, there are people, the Lord calls them evil ones. The Lord calls them the wicked. I just call them the haters. There are haters of God, and it doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter if he comes back and changes water into wine the second time. It doesn't matter if he comes and does an extended greatest hits compilation of all his miracles. There are beings, and we won't talk about the beings because the beings cannot be renewed to repentance. They are under an eternal curse and to hell and the lake of fire they are going. But there are people, humans, flesh and blood, in which there is a dead stone. 
That dead stone just hates God. It just hates God. And I'm not going to tell you, oh no, these are rebellious ones, hybrid Nephilim. No, I'm talking about children of Adam and Eve, flesh and blood, humanity. There are people on this earth, you can preach to them a hundred million billion times. They're not coming into the fold. They don't care about coming into the barn of the Lord. They have plans in their hearts to burn down the barn of the Lord. These people are the wicked, evil ones, haters. They are always going to have their hand in the devil's hand. And they cannot be renewed to any form of repentance. They're locked in. They are the haters. So the haters are not going to rally to this one that the Lord calls the ensign. And we can see, let's look at the ensign. The Lord gave me several scriptures for that. The first one is in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 26. And it reads, And he will lift up an ensign to the nations from afar, and will hiss unto them from the ends of the earth, and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. So here the Lord is saying that there is one that he always refers to as the ensign. And ensign is, um, an ensign is a flag. That is how it is described. If you look it up, it will be described as a banner or a flag. So this is a person. This is a person that the Lord is going to raise up in the earth for the particular time that I'm prophesying of, a time that is not that far off. The world is literally melting into a puddle of its own confusion, and the Father has gone ahead. There are people who do not understand who God is and what they think is when current events are happening on earth then what they think is the servant of the Lord is supposed to quickly put the camera on and say, hey, have you guys seen what's going on in that place and that place? I just want to let you know that I was reading three Bible verses and this is what I think about it. And prophecy has nothing to do with that. The Lord has an agenda that was mapped out from before the world was made. The Lord is going according to his agenda. Things that are happening here on earth, they don't surprise him. He knew they were going to happen. He basically created all the people that are mixed up in it. And so the Lord doesn't prophesy according to what CNN is making a hot topic. The Lord has his agenda and I'm in awe to see it unfolding according to nothing that was written in the plans that I had and how I was going to go through the prophecies that I have had. The Lord has turned and turned with him, I will. And so God is saying here that he has a flag, he has a banner this is not like the flag that you would, um, that you wave, for instance. The flag that you wave, for instance, in the old days when you had a battle and you were defeated, then you lift that little white flag and you wave it to say that I give up, I give up. No, this ensign is a human being and this person will be raised up in the earth as a sign. So the appearance of this person will be a sign. And the Lord is saying here that the appearance of the ensign, let me read from my notes and then come show you the scripture so you can see how they match together. The ensign will be lifted up and nations shall rally to them, both Gentile and real Israel. So we are not talking about Yehudim here at all. No Yehudim will be lifted up. None of the people who are wearing the black jacket, white shirt, black pants, and yarmulke. We're not talking about those people. Out of real Israel, someone will be lifted up. And God says that the lifting of that person is a rallying cry to the nations. 
So real Israel might be thinking, oh, it will be our person. It is our person lifted up. Well, of course it is. For out of the midst of Israel shall the Lord arise an ensign. However, the Lord is raising up this person to call the nations to him. And there's only one reason that God is going to say, I'm going to hiss. She. He's going to give a very sharp whistle through this enzyme. And when the whistle goes out throughout the line of the earth, nations are going to hear it. Israel and Gentile will hear it and come running to the cry that will come out of this enzyme. And the reason for that is because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And I'm here to tell you as his chosen representative that the Lord truly loves humanity, despite all the crud that we have done, despite the blackness of our hearts, the judgment of humanity is already settled in the Bible. So when you try to fight against it being prophesied now, because you think, oh, it was in the Bible, so it's nothing new, then you just show that no one is teaching you. And I pray for you that someone will help you because prophecy, as you just heard me say, will come repeatedly. Everything that Isaiah said, Jeremiah said, and then guess who was with them in the captivity? Ezekiel. So prophecy is not a one-off. God will bring it and then he will remind you. It's like the snooze button and it's letting you know that we are getting closer to the time for the appointment. Jesus is coming back and he's going to raise up someone who, when they whistle, when the cry goes out, all the nations of the earth will hear it and all the nations of the earth will respond and it says they will come with speed swiftly. So are they rallying to the enzyme? Is the enzyme going to be like the beast who will raise himself up in the earth and try to say that he is God and that he should be seated in the temple? No, the enzyme will be a servant, a great servant of the Lord. And when the enzyme gives out his cry, their cry, everyone will come running, everyone with ears that is, because that cry will be saying, make straight the path of the Lord, make straight the way of the Lord. The enzyme will not speak of themselves. The enzyme will speak of Christ Jesus and everyone who is not a hater, that is a dead root inside that is fit for nothing but fire will pivot and go running Israel and Gentile. Because everyone who does not respond to that emissary of the Lord Jesus Christ is basically saying, sign me up to join the haters and for the end time battle of Armageddon and all that. Isaiah 5 and 26. And then we will look next as at Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 and verse 10. And in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious. So now you see a second witness that the ensign will arise, the banner of the Lord, someone who will fly in the earth like a flag, like a large banner saying, Jesus is here this way, this way to the Lord. And the Bible then says that Gentiles are going to seek. So again, you hear the Lord making it clear that though the ensign will arise out of Israel, 
the enzyme is also a signal point for Gentiles to come into the fellowship of Christ. And I've already told you here that they're going to flood in from all corners. In fact, I have warned longstanding Christians that if you are not careful, your offense will carry you off into the bushes and the chair that you have been keeping warm. Please hear me. For the last 61 years in Christianity, at the very last, you will choose to ignore Apostle Paul, Paul's advice when he said, don't be one that will stumble. Don't be out there evangelizing and praying and praying and leading everyone and then be disqualified yourself. Paul warns about this. Nevertheless, people will be driven out by offense. People will say, this is nonsense. I, I can't accept this. And you will leave and a Muslim will take your chair. A Sikh, S-I-K-H, will take your chair. People who have been steeped and lightly roasted in Hinduism will just dream Jesus one time and they will come in and they will take your chair. You do know that not everyone is going to happen. You do know this. I mean, Apostle Paul has told us that we should cast off the sin that entangles. Apostle Paul has told us that each one runs the weight, the race in such a way to win. What is a race if not a competition? Heaven would love for everyone to go, but everyone is not going. I've already mentioned to you the haters, but did you know that a large bunch of offended people are going to fall away in the great falling away? They're not going. Many of them don't even know that they're not going because they think that they will endure until the end. But once the persecution kicks in, once the beast system lifts up their own ensign, like a stench in the earth, and he sets up his own kingdom, and he comes up with his own set of rules, and blood begins to flow in the earth, people will just decide, this is not for me. People are going to walk away from Jesus. I've told you all these things. Watch the two messages that are entitled, The Great Falling Away. The Lord says that people who are calling him my beloved Jesus now are going to curse him before he comes. Why? Because he's not going to come when they think. He told me how they will curse me celestial and you will see them running like rats out of the kingdom why do you think these prophecies come these prophecies come to lay it all on the table all the cards will be laid on the table and then you will decide how you're going to play this final hand so the enzyme will attract gentiles people who have not received the word of god People who have been playing about the word of God, people who have been saying, I'm seeker sensitive. I'm just looking for a church that matches me and the kids. Well, all of that is going to go into the forest and the Gentiles will come stampeding to the sound of the enzyme. And the enzyme is going to come from the root of Jesse. That is the tribe of Judah, biblically. Judah, the lion of Judah, direct descendant of the Lord Jesus Christ will stand up in the last days as the enzyme of the people. When he says the people, he is talking about the biblical people whose children are still alive today in the four corners of this earth. And it says that the rest that this enzyme gives will be glorious, glorious. Anna and Simeon were very old when Jesus was born. Anna's husband died, I think after a year, and she stayed a widow all her life, hanging around the temple, doing good deeds and praying. And then it entered into Anna's heart at some point that, you know, I'm getting older and I won't live forever, but 
I know that we have the prophecy of Messiah and I would really love to see him before I die. And in the earth, a second witness, old man Simeon, praying, praying, praying. We don't know if Simeon was asking God to see the Messiah. We know that the Lord extended to Simeon a promise. You will not die until you see Messiah. And these two elderly people demonstrate something that a lot of people, old, middle-aged, young, youth, and children do not understand about the Father. People living today don't seem to understand the power of what the Bible calls a witness, a witness. So there are people living today who say that the Bible is not true because it was tampered with in any way and where's the proof? And yet the Bible is still here in your hands for now. You can still go to Barnes and Noble and pick one up. You still might get a Bible as a gift from a friend. The witness is here and the witness is true. The Bible is full of things that people saw with their eyes. They experienced it. Their stories are written down. The Bible itself is a witness of what God says is true. A witness is one who says, this evidence is solid because I was there when it happened. But then there's another type of witness that Moses was talking about when God had showed Moses how to judge the people. The rule was that the guilt of a person would not be established until at least two or three people had spoken up and said, this thing is true. And this is why God hates false witness, because in those days, if you were accused of something for which the death penalty was prescribed and two or three people who hate you colluded and say, yes, he stole my sheep. And then the second person says, I, I saw him steal the sheep. And then the third person says, you know what? I was standing right nearby when he sold the stolen sheep. That person could be harmed, could lose their life on the basis of two or three false witnesses. And this is why the Bible says that God hates a tongue that lies. He hates it. A lying tongue is listed among the seven things that God can't stand in the book of Proverbs. And so a witness is a confirmation that something is so... And it has been on my heart to tell the people who come to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog that even if 90% of the people say, there's no teaching for Nephilim and we haven't heard anything like that and you're misconstruing the scripture and Enoch is not canon, of course Enoch is not canon, but Enoch is listed in the canon and then Enoch was listed as one of the holiest, holiest men ever. So if Enoch is in the canon and then Enoch has such a gold star rating from God. And then you hear that Enoch has a book. What are you thinking about the first two witnesses that you think that Enoch's book is not a good and solid third witness? You look in there, you're going to see the fallen angels and the Nephilim. And so here it is. All the prophecies that I have given about fallen angels and Nephilim, if there are only two people alive on earth who will testify honestly that the Lord has revealed this truth to them. That means the truth is established in the earth and it will come to pass. The giants will walk across the earth, whether you of the unbelieving group say it is not so. If there are only two other people out there who have been plagued with dreams of undead, reanimate zombies, if there are only two, far less three, or maybe 13, or 30,000 who are having these dreams around the earth as God is stirring the inner water of his people to wake up, 
then that means the thing is established. That means you can deny it all you want. You can call it hateful all you want. You can call it fantasy all you want, but that is only because you do not read your Bible and you do not understand the power and importance of a witness. And so the next verse is Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 12. And it says, this is the third witness. The first was Isaiah 5 and 26. The second is Isaiah 10 and Isaiah 11 and 10. The third is Isaiah 11 and 12. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So for the third time, we see that the ensign will be set up. That means that nobody can say, I am the ensign. The ensign is going to be set up by the heavenly father himself. The ensign is going to be chosen by God alone. God knows the identity of the ensign and we will find out the ensign's identity when the Lord basically will, and this is how it will be. It is as a man bouncing on a blanket, a person blank, bouncing on a blanket and then suddenly into the air, into international consciousness, the ensign shall go. Brought forward up to group sight, group understanding. And the Lord working with lifting this person up to prominence, the Lord will be working in the hearts of many people and confirming who the identity of the ensign is. You're going to have dreams about the ensign. The Holy Spirit is going to take you right to the same scriptures I'm talking about and you're going to be reading and the Lord will just whisper in your ear and you will just choke on your cornflakes to say what? But the ensign is alive and well now in the earth. Ensign is not a baby waiting to be born. You need to come quickly into the understanding of prophetic timing. Stop watching the fake false prophecy cartoons that you are watching and come and hear a real thing because your whole life is hanging on a thread. Are you a hater? Are you a confirmer? Are you a witness? Who are you in this story? The final chapter is being opened. And you're following people talking about, I hear the Lord, I hear the Lord say, I. The ensign will be set up for the nations. The third witness, the ensign does not belong to Israel alone. The ensign is an international treasure. The ensign belongs to all men who want to enter into the kingdom of God. The ensign is a gift from God to humanity. One last chance to hear the voice of God calling people to come in. And then when God has set up the ensign for the nations, it says that he will then begin to assemble the outcasts of Israel. So then God is going to do exactly what I covered here, the second step. The Lord will gather his people, the real gathering, and his people will go home. His people will go to that land that is currently occupied by the Yehudim. He will assemble the outcasts of Israel. This is the 10 tribes, Ephraim by name. And he will also gather Judah dispersed from the four corners of the earth. So this kingdom of Judah, the line of David, is not in one spot. They are in the four corners of the earth. They're here, they're there, they're everywhere. All four points. 
God will bring the 10 tribes together and God will bring the four corners of the earth together. And then people can finally stop making up graphs because God knows who they are and God will uncover their identities and won't everybody be coughing up their oatmeal in surprise to say, oh, we didn't know it included you guys. And they'll be like, yeah, but we're here. So, and that is why God is saying in verse 13, Ephraim's envy will depart. This is just bickering. Ephraim, the 10 tribes, and the adversaries of Judah will be cut off. Ephraim is not going to envy Judah and Judah will not vex Ephraim. Finally, Israel will stop bickering among itself and saying, it's us, it's not you. And it's them, it's not us. Everybody's just going to be quiet, sitting in the backseat of the drive. And God is going to get this thing to where it's going. Because some people are not earthly minded. Some people want to get to the wedding supper. Some people want to go through whatever they have to go through so that they can be on the streets of gold and asking which of the mansions is mine. So this is a separated people, a severed people that are going to be bonded together under one enzyme and the Gentiles shall cleave to this enzyme too, because salvation is for everybody and heaven doesn't have no nation's name on it eternity salvation everlasting life is for all men all flesh who want it and so that was his next point to israel the lord says he will give you a passage home you will go out under the wing of his protection and this sentence is from January 8th. Yes. I was just sitting and just not doing much, just resting. And the Lord suddenly said, um, I will give them a way home and they will go out under the wing of my protection. So you will have protection and the Lord is going to organize this passage to go back to the land that is currently unfairly and unrighteously occupied. And then the next statement is to the United States of America. America, you have wasted your money and your treasures supporting that false nation in Israel. The Lord says that they have spoiled you. They have taken you for granted and left you destitute, but all your leaders know. So uh, this phrase is from tonight, or should I say yesterday? It is now currently January the 11th, 2024. I was writing all this down around about 6, 7 p.m. Uh, on January the 10th. America, you've wasted your money and your treasure supporting the false nation, that false nation in Israel. The Lord says that they have spoiled you. So uh, if you're outside of the United States or if you are not one who spends your treasures and your money supporting that false nation, it's mostly the church who's going to feel pain at this because you have basically bankrupted yourself, sending every tithe that you have ever possessed over to Israel because God said, pray for Israel and you had no idea that Israel is not where you thought it was. And yet a lot of your pastors do know, which is why they probably never sent that money over there. Uh, the money just went into jets and the soft life. But God says in general, the nation of America has been spoiled. We know spoiling as when you give your child everything the child wants and then the child becomes insufferable. But in the old days, biblical days, Bible days, which is where we are, I have told you that we are going back 100% to the 
Old Testament, and some people find that so difficult to believe, but that's mostly because they've never read it. It's a great place, the Old Testament. Spoiled in the Old Testament means that you are basically going to be stripped of everything. It's when your enemy comes upon you and not only beats you in war, but after beating you, takes everything you own. They take your clothing. They take. They basically do what Israel used to do all the time. They will take all the goats, all the sheep, all the pretty girls, everything. They would take it all. And then take the people and make them servants and... Basically, you just wouldn't be a kingdom anymore. So God says that the false nation that is currently in the land of Israel has spoiled the United States, has ransacked it. And the place that America has been hit the hardest is in the bank balance, in the coffers. They have taken you for granted, so they've taken your love for granted. They know that they're a bunch of liars, Yehudim. They know that they are... False garment wearers is what God says. It's not talking about the clothing that they wear. It's that they have assumed another identity. False garment wearers. Taken um, America for granted and then left America destitute. This is that you have been sending your money there. You have been supporting um, Israeli products. You have been saying, I'm doing this to keep the nation going and all that. And then God says that they've basically spoiled you. They've bankrupted you. They've... Uh, made you party and victim of a lie. So party means that you have actually been participating in a lie that you did not know was a lie, but then victim means that the person knows that they are lying and you did not. So they were able to get the runaround on you. But then as the Lord was saying this and I was writing it, his tone escalated. And then all of a sudden my hand started writing in capital letters because that's what you do when God goes up, you go up too. He says, but all your leaders know, and there we have it. So since 1948, and probably a few years previous while they were working out all the fine print. To this lie, the American leaders have known that it is a lie. And they have preached from every pulpit and from all the fancy leadership places that you should support, and you should support, and you should support. And you should not utter any bad words, and you should not have any bad feelings. And you should not read any conspiracy blogs and you should not follow any strange women on the internet telling you that the lie is a lie. Though the strange woman is simply telling you what Revelation 2 and 9 and Revelation 3 and 9 are saying. That those who say that they are Jews are not, but they do lie and they are the synagogue of Satan. All your leaders know. And this might be why the leaders just recently passed, ran, basically railroaded an act saying that the corporations should not withhold from selling products from there. If somebody has to make a law to keep you loyal, at what point are you going to wash your face and wake up? Next, Psalm 83 is for Israel. Real Israel. Now, please remember, by now you would have been listening to the Psalm 83 prophecy, and you probably also would have heard the Psalm read out in full. And that is a Psalm of distress. That is a Psalm of Asaph calling on God back in the old days to please help them because their enemies have gotten together, maximized, and um, 
come to attack them. And it says, let us cut them off from being a nation, which basically means let us kill everyone except their pets. That's what it means to be cut off from being a nation. It means let us not leave any soul alive. And obviously Asaph, a psalmist, one who knows how to enter into the presence of God with songs and worship to seek God's heart. For God does love, he does love a serenade. He sure does. Please excuse me. <laughs> hmm. He does love songs and worship and being lifted up. Anyway, Asaph, uh, a psalmist, knowing how to go into God's presence to ask, is calling out to God uh, in a psalm to help them. And you remember that I would have read for you Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Please read it. It's just a simple, um, it is a basic governing statement of life here on earth for us. And the thing simply says that there is nothing new under the sun. Everything that was done has been done. So there is nothing new. And even when you're reading Bible verses, for instance, a lot of America's judgments come straight out of um, Jeremiah chapter 50 and Jeremiah chapter 51 and Isaiah chapter 9 and Isaiah chapter 13. And a lot of those things already happened. But at the same time, the Lord is bringing, bringing back those verses a second time because America's judgment is, I've never seen a judgment more perfectly captured word for word than Jeremiah 50 and 51. If you read Jeremiah 50 and 51 and you don't yet understand that whoever suffered that judgment back then, which was Babylon, the Babylon that is going to basically replay the entire thing is the USA, then this blog is not likely to be of much help to you. And so God is saying that Psalm 83 is for Israel, meaning real Israel back then. And Psalm 83 now is for real Israel now. There is going to come a time where coalition of nation is going to come against real, excuse me, please, real Israel. And this is after they have been settled. Um, a coalition of nations will come against them. But God says to the Yehudim, since you wanted to steal another man's identity, the fulfillment of that word will descend upon you first. Since you wanted to steal another man's identity, the fulfillment of the word shall descend upon you first. For if you steal a man's identity, then obviously you are stealing his blessings and his curses. So if you have been enjoying his blessings, taking every penny that America owns, well then, when the curses now, time, now have their time to fulfill, it's going to come across on you first. You shall go out of my land, for you are not my nation and you are not my people. I don't think it gets much clearer than that, but just for emphasis, he also said, thus says the Lord. So the imposters will be driven out of the land. And if you have not yet watched the Yehudim will fall prophecy, I shared there briefly that over the years, I have seen a picture, a, excuse me, please, a Jewish father wearing the normal Jewish Orthodox clothing of that black jacket and the white shirt and the black pants and the yarmulke or even that wide brim hat they sometimes wear and he's holding an old-fashioned suitcase the kind that is just square like a box very hard suitcases and he's holding a little boy by the hand and they are running so fast that it seems the little boy is bouncing in the air he can barely make contact with the ground because of the speed with which his father is running and the mother is keeping the mother is right next to the father keeping in sync and I said that when I would see this vision, I would just quietly hold in my heart and say, what on earth 
what on earth God could possibly happen to ever make the people in Israel leave that land for that land is an abundant land. It's a fertile land. And it's also the land that is the apple of everybody's eyes. Everybody's eyes is always on there. And even that is scripture that the eyes of the nations will always be on Israel. So I used to think if you are occupying a place of central interest, what on earth other than lava pouring out of the sky could ever make you leave? Well, it's the fact that the defender of Israel will go down. America, you will go down. You have heard it a hundred times if you've heard, ever heard it once here on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. When the defender of Israel is indisposed because she's fighting wars and getting punched by Russia and China, that is the time that those Arabs over there are going to truly um, come into their own, as well as all the people who are listed in Psalm 83. And those people will flee out of the land as if great fires are upon them. The last part of this prophecy can be found in Isaiah chapter 40. So if you notice, we haven't actually stepped out of this book at all for this word, for Isaiah was quite, quite the voice in Israel, quite a hardworking man, favored by God. And the Lord only gave me one sentence, and it, this is for God's people who are all over the earth. It is one sentence, and yet he named it and titled it as a prophecy. And this prophecy to God's people around the earth is entitled, Comfort My People. And this is Isaiah chapter 40. And then he said, the title is Comfort My People, and this is all the Lord has to say to you. The Lord sees your pain, and he will bring your recompense. That is all. So it's just one sentence. Your father sees your pain and he will bring you a recompense. I spoke of a recompense. A recompense is a repayment. If it is $50, the payment is $50. It is not $51. It is not $47.52. It is not $49.99. If it's a $50 payment, then the recompense, the repayment is $50. So... For your pain, the Lord will bring a recompense. And he said, that is all. And here it is. The Lord says to read the whole of Isaiah 40 to you. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth 
but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him and his work before him. Sorry, his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed the flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollows of his hand and meted out heaven with a span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor has taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment? and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are counted as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. To whom will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth it over with gold and casts silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he has no oblation, oblation means offering, he that is so impoverished that he has no oblation chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that shall not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sits upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a, as a tent to dwell in, that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them and they will wither and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom will you liken me? Or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high and behold, who has created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by the names of the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power and not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, 
the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. If you have questions, watch the video again. If you have a dissenting view, watch the video again. If you are euphoric, you are crying, you feel relief, watch the video again. This is the word of the Lord, January the 10th, 2023. The title of this prophecy is, Israel is a nation, whereby the Lord declares that Israel is a nation and a people, whereby the Lord declares that he will gather his people, a real gathering, and his people will go home. This is the land of Israel in the Middle East, where the Lord has said that Israel is but a hill of beans, appearing as nothing until he sets his hand to gather them, and then they will be still. Where the Lord has said that an ensign has already been born and chosen and shall be lifted up, and the nations, Israel and Gentile, will run to that ensign. Where the Lord has said to his people that he will give you a passage home and you will go out protected by his wing. Where the Lord has said, America, you have wasted your strength, your treasures and money supporting a false nation that has spoiled you and that all your leaders know about it and are complicit in it and have hid it from you all this time. Where the Lord has said that Psalm 83 is actually a prophecy to come and fall upon real Israel, whereby they will be threatened by their enemies. But since the false nation wanted to steal another man's identity, the word will be fulfilled upon them first, and they shall flee out of the Lord's land, for they are not his nation, nor are they his people. Where the Lord has said to comfort his people, Israel, scattered across the earth, and that they should take their comfort from Isaiah 40 and not faint, for he will certainly complete the thing that he has begun. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. The Master's Voice Prophecy Blog was commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ by first calling me in the year 2012. I wrote down the Lord's messages, thinking them of private study only, until he spoke to me in 2019, I set up the Lord's blog and I began to publish his words there in May of 2019. I have been laboring in them since that time until now, January 2024, and I will continue until all the Lord's messages have been put either into print or video at the time that I finish the last one or at the time the Lord seals my commission and allows me to leave this place, I will be done proclaiming the word of the Lord. God bless you, and until I see you again, goodbye.